Okay. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we have our Fearless Beer Review, we have our vinyl pickups, we have our songs of the week, and then we wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. We have a phone number you can call. Leave us a voicemail, send us a text. It is 503-893-5307. We also have a Discord server if you want to join that. Let us know. We'll send you the link to it. And uh, you, can, you, know, you can hang out with us, talk with us, whatever you want. And uh, that's all I got for the boring intro. So, Jeff, let's just jump straight into the Fearless Beer Review. What do you got? Go. I got I got 805 today. I got. I got. Why do you have 805? 805. 805 is good. 805 is good. It's fine. 805 is good. It is um, uh, it's better than fine though. It's it's uh, it's it's good like two three times a year, and for whatever reason now was that time. So we bought a little uh, little sixer because it sounded good. Ah, okay, all right. You do um, you, I guess. I really don't. I don't drink it that much. Like like two maybe three times a year. But um, Mm -hmm. we went to the brewery. And we had it fresh. I don't know if you did because you apparently don't like it, but I did have it fresh from the brewery. Oh, when we went, yeah, we went with the and, first. Um, yeah. well, I don't know if you. I was you, there. I think you drank water or something because you were being a fussy little boy about eight oh five. Such an idiot. You know, I was the least fussy person on that trip. You were the most fussy person. on I that trip. I was the least fussy. You were the most fussy. And the only that thing okay. that made me the least fussy because you're you're in second place for least fussy, but you were fussy when you can turn figure out how to turn the TV off. So that that incident right there makes you. Second fussiest. Which I I listen, I listen to the TV when I fall asleep. My fucking God, it was so loud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But anyway, I got 805. Uh, it's a good beer. I don't know why you think it's gross, but it's not gross. It's actually good. It's, fine. it's the opposite of gross. It's, it's good. It's fine. Busy over there? You got something? You're doing something else? I couldn't find it. Find the 805? Yeah, I put the bottle down on the, on the, on the carpet and then like went just like in, under my, my swivel chair. Just enough so that I couldn't see it, so I swiveled a complete 360 and didn't see it. Oh, okay, all right, all right. It's juking me. You can't juke a June bug though. So no, that's impossible to juke a June bug. Okay, so uh, what I have, I have a, a beer from Stone Brewery from San Diego, California. This is a uh, this is one of their Enjoy Buy beers. Uh, it's a limited one, and it's an Enjoy Buy uh, January 1st, 2022. It's an unfiltered IPA. It's a strong one. It's 9.4 ABV. Hot damn. Yeah, so this is quite the IPA, and um, these are, they're usually good. I mean, Stone really doesn't have a bad beer. They're all just good to really great. So I'm excited. I always like the, the little mark, stupid marketing thing they do with this Enjoy Buyer or, or all that stuff. That's it's cool. Fun. Yeah, it's or fun. Enjoy After. 
<laughs> All right, so let, let's uh, let's just drink these and uh, try to have a good time the rest of the pod. So okay, here we go. Ooh. Yep. Hmm. Well, okay. All right. So before we kind of dive into what we have, we're also going to rate it, and uh, we have a three point our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer. You're going to continue continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what do you give your eight oh five? Um, this is this is a two point two five. This is a two point two five. It really isn't setting any records here, but it's just a good solid beer. This is one of the beers that you go to like a craft brewery or something, and they have a ton of fucking beers on tap, or like maybe even a BJ's. And instead of mm-hmm. taking half an hour to pick what you want, you see eight oh five, and you say, "Just give me an eight oh five. I know what that's like. Give me something to drink while I choose my next drink." And that's what eight oh five is. <laughs> okay. I mean that's uh, what I do. I don't I don't like holding up the line. It's irritating. I don't either, but everybody I, pisses everybody usually, off. So if I see something familiar, I'll get that while I choose my next drink. I mean I usually decide before I go up there and order. But. Tyler, you ride the fence more than anybody. I find it very, very hard to believe that you decide anything on the fly. <laughs> hey, sometimes I do. I I mean Sometimes I do. Some, sometimes <laughs> I love Britney. I love me my Britney. I didn't realize also that 805 is only 4.7%. 4. It's a it's kind of a, a weaker one. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's no big deal. Okay. Easy. No big D at all. It's a driving beer. <laughs> <laughs> that is not <laughs> funny. We do not endorse drinking and driving here. Didn't Skip say that? Or who said that to us? And it really caught us off guard. It must have been Skip. It was, you know, you're right. Somebody did say that about like a driving beer. Yeah, I don't remember who it was now, but and we, it and we skip. And I think we looked at the person in trying to like process whether or not that person was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like Mickey or something. Me, I don't know. Oh, I know Skip surprised us with the uh, Stella. That was like a wife beater beer. Yeah, but the, the driving beer might. I don't know if it was him or not. Does Skip drive? I don't even know. Skip, let us know. Do you do you drive a car? Do people drive in England? Well, I don't know. It's Are there, Birmingham. Do they have vehicles? <laughs> but you know how like a lot of people in England don't drive. They don't need to drive. Well, I've never been there. Well, we've been close enough. We also know you and I spent a month all in all of Europe, and we only were in a car once the entire time we were there. When were we in a car? When we when we drove from the train station to uh, oh, the middle of Germany. Yeah. yeah. It was the only time we ever spent in the car. Yeah, that's right. So you don't never, need a car. Never got in a car. Yeah, it's trains or walking or buses. That was it. Anyway, uh, so your 805, I looked real quick because you probably didn't um, because you're negligent. Uh, I checked and Raul did leave a uh, review for 805 uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago on May 7th, 2018. This is what he wrote. Kind of weird. Raul isn't usually into blondies girly wise and blonde ales for that matter. But like Tara Reid in the 90s, this one isn't bad. Light, clean, all things <laughs> Raul wants a blonde to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh he's the fucking best dude he's the best i love him Poor it's always like one, i forgot about her it's always like one little thing that he puts that just just kills us every fucking time oh, man. she was like remember because she was i don't know her, her her image it was just so trashy like they made her hollywood and, and every and maybe even her i don't know but they just made her look so trashy all the time poor girl I know, right? I wonder what she's up to now. I don't know. I'm, I haven't seen her in a movie in probably since 
What was the movie with Ryan, uh, Van Wilder? It's probably yeah. like the last movie I saw her in. Yeah, the the, the trashy team movies really were stopped stop ceasing to exist so yeah at least on a like a popular level um okay so wait so what wait what did you give your 805 a two 2.25 because it, it is it is better than just like uh uh it's good i'll drink it again it's it's a little bit better than that it really is it is i agree it's a good beer but it's nothing like to write home about come on. i mean i would after after this sixer is done i'm not gonna buy it for another three four five months Mm-hmm. So my uh, my enjoy by this is pretty good. It's pretty strong. You can I mean, it's a little malty. It's a little boozy smelling and tasting, but it's a uh, it's very drinkable. It's very smashable, as uh, some might say. Uh, smashable. Some of, our, some of our fan might say. Um, it's pretty decent. I'm gonna just give this a solid two though. Like I said, Stone never wow. puts out anything bad, except maybe like a porter or something, but or a stout, but. Otherwise, yeah, it's solid stuff. Great brewery, great times at that brewery, and uh, yeah, so I gave it gave this one a two out of three. And Raul also left a review on this one, but not this particular one because this particular enjoy by is not on Beer Advocate. I looked and looked and looked, and it's not on here. Hmm. So it's he just he made this review back in November twenty second, twenty twelve, so a long time ago on one of the enjoy buys, and I thought I should just read it because why not? It's Raul; he's the best. So he po- he he wrote, lulls, wow, get off this. I mean, really, get off this. <laughs> Raul drove all around OC to finally secure this. On my way, it's like Raul expected God, but he at least expected a kiss of heaven. What a letdown. I mean, like when this hoochie was all over me last night, yet, oh, wait, fuck. He, the way he writes is so weird. I mean, let me start. Let me start the oh sentence over. God, because <laughs> he writes. He writes is so weird. Okay, I mean, like when this hoochie was all over me last night. Yet when the main man was ready to go home, she was too tired to come over. Yet that kind of let, yeah, that kind of letdown. Raúl does not approve. Raúl was ex- was exactly feeling his first enjoy by, but he is feeling it now on all levels. Like Megan Fox on an elliptical, Raúl is feeling this. That was a hard one to get through. Megan Fox on an elliptical. What? Yeah, Raul wasn't feeling this. Raul wasn't exactly feeling his first enjoy by, but he is feeling it now on all levels. Like Megan Fox on an elliptical. Oh, okay. Raul is feeling. Yeah. See, I said it weird. I'm feeling he just, this. He just goes on these these weird rants that unless he, you have already read it a couple times, it's hard to kind of read it back. We're over here dissecting Raul's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I will reviews. say that his. His his writing has gotten a lot better in the last nine years, and um, he doesn't he doesn't call he doesn't you know speak in third person really anymore, which is kind of nice. So it gets it gets confusing. Raul. It gets confusing. It does. It does. But it's good. Good stuff. I like Raul. I miss Raul. Raul. Raul's great. So glad he reached out to us that one time too. Hope he's okay. Yeah, I mean, in the being in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Hope he's okay. All right. Okay, so we're done with our Fearless Beer Review. Let's get into our vinyl pickups, which eventually leads into our Songs of the Week. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. I have been, I've been kind of splurging as of lately because I have been making, uh, I've been selling a lot of records and making a lot of money and pretty much everything that I buy now is like free. So I've been like um, upgrading a lot of my records. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better copies of records, and then I'm just buying stuff that normally I would never touch because they're too expensive. But 
mm. since I don't really pay for them anyway, it's like a wash. Then I figured, like, why not? That's you know, crazy. Who cares? It yeah. Took, it, it only took you a year and a half to to make up all the money. That's that's wild. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. So it's um, <sighs> I haven't ran the final numbers yet. That'll still take me a couple months, but. I don't know, just just the amount that I've spent, because I still track everything that I spend, the amount that I've spent versus what my collection is worth is probably like pennies to the dollar. Just that, that's that solid, that yeah. solid. So I, I applaud myself for that. But the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the first thing here is something that I was going to get rid of because I knew I can get some money for it. But then I was like, ah, fuck, I'll just keep it because it's good and... I don't really need the money for it anymore. And that's uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. S-R-V. Stevie Ray Vaughan, his, I mean, I guess like his second album with the the trio, or the, what are they called? Double Trouble. Double Trouble. Double yep. Troubles. This is Couldn't Stand the Weather. <laughs> Double the Blooms. What is, the, what is that? What is that reference? Double the Blooms. I don't know. That's just how I say Doubles. Wow, that's fucking weird. Dobbles. <laughs> Lost your marbles. This that is like uh, some cartoon that you and Kaylee watch. I mean, I'm probably sure it, it was at some point. I, just, I don't remember. I watched way too many cartoons. <laughs> but yeah, couldn't stand the weather. Um, 19, 1984 it came out. And mm-hmm. this is, like I said, this is one I was going to get rid of because I knew I can get easy 25 bucks for this. And But then I, I was thinking, I was thinking in my mind, I was like, okay, so let's say I get $25. <laughs> then what? Put my pocket and go buy pizza or something? No, I'm, I'm going to go buy. I mean, yeah, you would do that. Five, five dollar records, and say, let's just start. Let's start upgrading my collection here. So, this is um, this is one that I kept for myself. It is really good, and I really have oh, nothing bad it. to say about it. It's it's fantastic stuffs. I um, I I don't know how much I would get of Steve Ray Vaughan. I like dude's just top ten guitar players of all time, but he almost he almost gets into like the Clapton realm for me where sometimes it's just like, dude, you're just so fucking good. It's just, it's almost soulless sometimes. Eh. And so I don't, uh, I don't, I don't foresee myself getting a lot of stuff by Steve Ravon and then the singing I could really, really do without. Yeah. That's, uh, it's kind of my least favorite part of the band of his music is the, is the vocals, but they're still good. But man, when he's, when he's just kind of like ripping it up, he's just, his playing is unbelievable. He's amazing. It's, I, have, it's, I have this record it's too. It's real I good. It. I, I know you have it. Love this. Yes, guy. he's he's fantastic. He's amazing. He's easy a top ten guitar player of all time. He's highly influential. I just um, I don't know. I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more slop. I need a little bit more. I need a little more Hendrix. You know, like Hendrix was real sloppy in his approach, but it was <laughs> kind of like a, yeah. a, a a purposeful slop. I need a little bit more of that. Well, even his band is just perfect. Like they don't. There's no fuck ups. They're just a perfect blues groove band. Yeah, they're amazing. It's good. It's good. It's very very fucking good. All right. So what else you got then? I also got Traffic, the band Traffic, the English rock band from Birmingham. They got their oh. second album called Traffic from 1969. This is this is Dave Mason and Steve Winwood together. And Dave Mason, if, if you if you've seen him around, he's in all dollar bins because he just makes really like boring, dumbed down, guitar driven soft rock, even folk rock, and it's just <laughs> not good. And then Steve Winwood is just way more prog rock and like jazz fusion driven. 
And so yeah, yeah. I have a couple later traffic records that are pretty goddamn good, but I've never got into their early stuff because I've the stuff I heard by Dave Mason as solo stuff. I said, like, there's no way this will work, but it fucking works. And it's these two guys play off each other so well because one is way more prog rock and jazz fusion. The other one's just trying to dumb everything down and write just melodic songs. And so together <laughs> you get like the best of both worlds and it's, it's really fucking good. You get a lot of really complex arrangements that go into like easy to digest guitar riffs and melodies and then go back into like a really jazz driven jam sesh. And it's actually really okay. amazing. Really? Yeah. I was I mean, very I've never, surprised. I've never heard Dave Mason or at least I don't think I have, but huh? it doesn't, it doesn't sound appealing at all. Like knowing, I don't know, just, it doesn't sound, sound that good. And I only know Steve Winwood from the blind faith stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing I know him from, which is great. It's really, really great, but I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I would have never, I would have never picked up this band. Steve Winwood is 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 fantastic. He's just a really, really great musician, and the Dave Mason stuff you probably wouldn't hear it unless, like, you're buying bulk stuff because I would never pick it up because he's always in the dollar bins. But I listened to mm-hmm. it because when I first started out. I used to get so much Dave Mason. I was like, oh, fuck it. Let me just see what people think is his most popular album and listen to it. I'm like, this is kind of lame. This is not fun at all. And so that's why I never went back before like the first two albums for this band because Dave Mason was boring. But goddamn, Tyler, this is really, really good. <laughs> it's got everything. Do you have an it's, extra it's, copy or what? Uh, no. I mean, I kind of uh, do, but it, I'm, I, it's on eBay right now. So, it. so if, oh, it okay. if it doesn't sell, then, then I'll, <laughs> I'll toss it your way. How much do you think you're going to get for it? I don't know. I don't think I'll get anything for it because I don't think anybody's going to pay for this stuff. Like even the shipping? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I always get at least, I, I no matter what, I get at least $15 because after shipping everything, that means I'm pocketing $8. And I'm not going to do anything for less than $8. That's a silly boy talk. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but it's really good. Their, their biggest song, I think, I think Traffic's biggest song is Feeling All Right. And if you heard it, you would you would recognize the song. Joe Cocker did a cover version of it, but okay. it's boring. I think Joe Cocker is boring anyway. But no, he's not. Come on, Joe Cocker's boring. Snooze Joe Cocker fest. is not boring. I've now Get gone through four Joe Cocker albums and purged every single one after I'm listening to them because I just I don't understand why he was ever popular. Boring, well, he, boring stuff. He was a great singer. He was a really great singer. He's all right. Oh, he's okay. okay. Yeah, he's fine. You're out of control, man. Get the fuck out I don't of here. Think, have you listened to a Joe Cocker album? Yes. I don't, I don't think you have because I think yes, you would I understand have. that I'm he's, a Joe he's Cocker actually album. really boring. Actually, I got rid of the Joe Cocker album I had. Yeah, because but it's boring. It's not boring. It's just I know I won't really go back to it, but I understand why he's popular and he is a really great singer. Eh, he's boring. Well, he's not. It's not. But anyway, what else you got? Anyway, I also got uh, Cream. I got another Cream. Disraeli okay. Gears. This is their second album from 1967. And so there's four albums. We talked about Cream, how much we don't like them. And because, and the reason why I don't like them is I started with their last and went backwards. Yeah. And finally getting to their first, I was just like, holy shit, this is really, really good. And this is just as good, maybe even better than their first. This is, oh, this is good psych rock mixed with really good blues rock. And it's just, it's fantastic. Ginger Baker sings a song, it's called Blue Condition. It is mm-hmm. so good. He's got this kind of like Lou Reed way about him. And the song mm-hmm. itself reminds me of something the Velvet Underground would do, but just way more complex, way more psychedelic, way more bluesy. 
It's really good. I'm I'm interested because that yeah that first record is really great and we've always talked shit on Cream and I've always really liked Ginger Baker but I've but like outside of Cream I think everything I've heard from outside of Cream has just been so amazing until I heard that first record so I'm I'm really interested in the second one now and Jack Bruce has more lead vocals than Clapton so uh, thankfully you don't hear Clapton very often there's a bunch of songs that they all sing together but mostly it's 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 Jack Bruce and I assume most of the songwriting is. Bruce and Ginger, right? It's or Jack and Ginger. It's it's pretty mixed. It's pretty mixed. There's a lot. I mean, Cream has a lot. Of, Clapton didn't do a lot on the first. He has. I mean, they have a lot of big songs, but like "Sunshine of Your Love" is on this one. There's a couple other tracks that are really, really popular that are also on this one, and Clapton helped write those ones. But it's mm. it's pretty. I would say like if if I had to rank them, I think Bruce writes the most, and I think Clapton writes the second most. Still, as long as Clapton isn't the main guy. Yeah, the fucking main guy. Man, we talk so much shit on the guy, and he's so beloved. I know. No, he's, he's a dick. Fuck him. He's an idiot. He's always been a dick, and people just don't oh, realize yeah. it. And we'll get into that in yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right, what else you got? So that's that's it, except for my pick. And All right. I really yeah. only have like like five records left in my... First listen through backlog, and my second listen through backlog, I have like seventy records. So these next few months will be will be riddled with a ton of of records that I've I've gone through. I should get rid of a lot of records now too, as I as I listen to them again. <laughs> what, are you just them. throwing them up on eBay, or what are you doing with them? Um, if they're like something really good, I'll see if I can bulk it in with something. If it's okay. if it's something like really good that I don't have anything else to put with it, then I'll try and just trade it in for store credit to, to give back to, to Aldo's because he always hooks it up for me. And even though he pays, you know, a third of what it's worth, it's just, uh, <laughs> he always he always hooks it up for me, so I figure I might as well give him something back. Makes sense. But if I can bundle it, then I'll, I'll for sure bundle it and throw it on eBay. Um, otherwise, I just, Man. like the shit that I cannot sell, I just put them in crates of like 70 and throw them on offer up for like $15 a crate. You've really made a business out of this. It's, oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's great. It's really, really great. But I was, I was crunching the numbers on eBay, meaning I just printed out the PDF or brought the PDF. It says how much I've made since I started doing this. Yeah. It was like $6,500. Oh, my God. That is so stupid. I know. It was a lot more than I thought. I was like, oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> You also have like 1,200 records too. And that's not including the stuff that's in your garage that you're selling. I know. You have 1,200 in your personal collection over a year and a half of collecting. That's that's remarkable. That's so stupid. Just how little. (laughs) I don't don't know. Because we started this in June of 2020, or not even. Yeah, maybe June of. Or May or June of 2020 is when we started like really collecting. I. I, But then people will post like, "Oh, this is my record collection. It's it's humble, but I love it." And it's like six, like literally six records, and I just think, <laughs> dude, they're not that expensive though. Like, you can get yeah. some killer, yeah. killer deals. Like, what is going on? Uh, but I think the know. problem is people don't have a, a huge taste in music. They only like like one genre, and that's pretty much it. Like if you if you like punk, that's all you're gonna buy is punk music, or metal, that's or true. whatever you know. You know, hold out for just like the specific ones you really, really want. Yeah, for a five hundred dollar OG pressing of Walk Among Us. You know, yeah, that's fine for them because they're only collecting punk. 
I just I don't get it. Too boring. Yes. So anyway, we're all over the place. Given given that, I've been um, I've been more more liberal in my spending. Whereas as Joe Satriani one, and granted this is a sticker price, and I don't pay sticker price because I'm a I'm a frequent flyer. But sticker price was thirty five dollars for this Joe Satriani, and normally mm-hmm. I would I would just like even with my frequent flyer discount, I would I would scoff at this. Like I'm not buying, I'm not paying thirty five dollars for a record. That's crazy boy talk. No way. But this is where I am now. I I I said you know what this this record's fucking really good. It's been a really long time since I've heard it. I uh, I made a lot of money doing this, and so I got a lot of money to spend. So I picked up Joe Satriani and his album Surfing with the Alien. And um, let me tell you, it has been a long time since I listened to this, and we have a good history with Joe Satriani. Oh yeah, and Satriani himself is is uh, he's very unique. He has his own kind of style to him, and yeah. that instrumental driven guitar rock, but with kind of space age nuance is something that's kind of unique to Joe Satriani. So he's not in a lot of like top fifty guitarist of all time list because he's different but he's yeah. just as good as some of the greats and listening to this record again because i'm i mean because dimebag daryl got me back into like guitar driven music now and solos and stuff but listen to this again like my god this is such a killer album and i'm one i would pay 35 dollars for this because it's so fucking good and it's an og <laughs> pressing from 87 and it's got the silver so surfer sweet. on it in which they ceased doing decades later because they couldn't re- redo the deal with marvel so on spotify it shows just like satriani's guitar head guitar yeah I'm instead looking of the silver right surfer and on the vinyl itself i got it in my hand right now and the silver surfer himself is so shiny <laughs> oh is it like a like a glossy thing not a matte it looks like it looks like a lotto ticket you know like a lotto ticket a silver lotto ticket you scratch it but like before you scratch it, that silver, how it reflects a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you He mean. looks like if I scratched him, it would be like a lotto ticket. That's the type of shiny it is. Have you been tempted to scratch it? I just did right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little teeny tiny piece in the corner. <laughs> but no, no, it doesn't scratch. And on the back, it's, uh, it's Galactus's hand. And so it's like Silver Surfer's coming out of Galactus's hand to go search out planets for him to eat. It's so fucking cool. I love this so much. That's sick. I, this, I haven't heard this record in at least 10 years. Yeah, so me long. too. Me too. But it's so, I mean, I used to I used to love this record. I used to listen to it so much. And then when you and I saw him play at that private party, oh, forget about it, man. That was, that was so, that was so cool. That was such a fucking cool day. That's, but, oh I, dude, that was, that was a private party at the Hilton, at, at, at some penthouse suite at the Hilton where there was like maybe 30 people there, including us. It was literally just family and friends of Joe yeah. Satriani. And he went around, remember he was like introducing himself and like talking yeah. to everybody. <laughs> and then I think he came up to us too. And, and we were just like, Oh God, oh, I don't know what yeah, to do. We were, we were 18 years old. We were literally 18 years old, maybe 19, but yeah, we didn't know what the fuck to say. And we just, we did not belong there, but we were given free tickets by some random people. But he asked us, he asked us, and, and we told him, like, where we got him. He's like, oh, cool, well, enjoy, and, <laughs> like, left. And it was, we got the tickets oh. to that while we were waiting in line to meet West Borland, right? Y- yeah. We, we were, I know we were no, in line. And it I, had to have been something we, from Corn. I think it was something from Corn because the line was really long. Well, so was the line for Wes. It was not that long. Eh, whatever. Regardless, we, we were waiting in line to go meet, like, another 
like rock star who we liked and these people behind us just heard us just we weren't i don't even know what we were talking about but they just started to talk started to talk to us and then like well we have two tickets if you guys want them we can't go here you go and that was it then we we went at like it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and there was remember that just like the spread of food like roast beef and just like all this nice ass food yeah and yeah, dude and then we, we then he played that that fucking awesome set it was so fucking cool and it was just the a, guitar straps, the picks. That was so nice. Yeah, because they had tables set up everywhere. And on the tables, there were little centerpieces, but the centerpieces were essentially just vessels to hold free guitar picks, free guitar straps, strings, whatever that he was promoting at the time. And mm-hmm. everybody else kind of just went to the table and put their drink down and acted like a normal human being. You and I went to the us. <laughs> to the tables and stole every single thing that we possibly could. And I still have well, I my guitar say, straps. I wouldn't say steal. We just no. Took you're right. What was they were there. they were free. It was they were it free. was free. Yeah, we didn't steal. We never stole anything from the Nam show. We just took more than we should have taken. Right. There was no limit. It's like it's like yeah. we'll take a penny, leave a penny at Seven Eleven. You can grab yeah. every single piece of change in that thing. It's kind of fucked up, but you can if you want. That's, that's kind of how the early years of the Nam show were for us. That's what we did. I think they stopped doing that because of us. Uh, we were probably a big reason. Yeah. And we would walk away with big bags full of just free shit. And I still have like at least 300 picks from those NAM shows from like 15 years ago because we took <laughs> so many picks. Yeah. It's insane. And I still use that uh, that, that black Satriani guitar strap. I still use it on my Strat. It's so nice. It's a, it's a it. good strap. It's, it's bulky. It's comfortable. But it's, but it's not, I don't know, in the way. It's comfortable. It's got a good I don't know, stitching to it. It looks cool. Yeah, exactly. I did lose my blue one, though, because I had a black one, a blue one, and a red one, and I'd lost the blue one. I don't know what happened to that, but the black one's super cool. Mm. Yeah, Joe Satriani. So here I am picking up Joe Satriani, and I'm super stoked about it because now I'm in the I'm in the mood to upgrade my collection to, to b- bigger and better stuffs, and I'm very happy with this. And, um, yeah, the whole record is really good. I didn't, I didn't know until now, but he plays... I mean, the drums are pretty much all programmed because yeah. that's all he really had the budget for at the time, and that's all they, he wanted to put the time into with the drums. He didn't really give a shit. But he plays bass, and there's a couple tracks on here oh, that are really great bass lines, and that's him playing bass. It's it's no like virtuoso bass playing or anything, but they're just really, really good groovy bass lines. Okay. I didn't know that. I had no idea he played bass on this, too. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that he also was uh, a guitar, was the guitar teacher for uh, Kirk Hammett? Yeah, he's Kirk he, Hammett's guitar teacher. Yeah. He taught he taught Kirk Hammett, he caught he taught Steve Vai, and then this week I didn't know I didn't know if I we talked about Vi. it. Yeah. But uh Kevin Cadigan from from Third Eye Blind, he taught him too. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Wow. So like all what them all, all them Third Eye Blind songs that we love and, and hold so dear to our hearts are are essentially <laughs> Josie Atriani in the making. Are because of this album. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, dude, this album is so fucking good. It is really good. I gotta listen to it again. It's been way too fucking. Long. God damn, you gotta get. If you ever see this on the vinyls, like you, this is a, this should be a no brand. You gotta pick I've, this up. I've never seen it when I'm out, but I know Glasshouse had a, had a copy like three months ago that I thought about getting, but I I just ended up not going to Glasshouse that day. Was it the Alien cover? I don't or? remember. I don't remember if it was I mean, Silver Surfer uh, or, or that stupid Guitar Head. Yeah, the guitar head's kind of lame, but... I would whatever. never buy the guitar head. Knowing what it could have been, I would never buy the guitar head. Yeah, I'd spend a little bit extra money for the Silver Surfer one. You gotta. Because I think even the guitar head one 
it pro- it's probably at least twenty or twenty five dollars. So spending an extra ten bucks on on an original, fucking go for it. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah. All right. So here's a little bit of. Uh, I'm gonna play some of Surfing with the Alien. Do that swell in. It's so good. I, oh, it's so amazing. Here we go. Surfing with the Alien from Joe Satriani. Serpent with the Ooh. alien from Joe Satriani. Woo. I love the, the the part where everything stops and then you hear like the the plane fly by or whatever is that <laughs> that gust of wind and then it's just that super high just in tapping really high on the on the guitar. Oh, I love it. Fucking love it. So like when I talk about how, how Clapton and Steve Ray Vaughan are soulless, I mean Satriani is kind of in that same vein. He is so precise and so technical that like you know the recording part of it is just him going in there and and making sure that every single note is exactly how it is supposed to be yeah yeah but again he just he has his own unique sound this is the joe satriani sound like a, an actual alien is coming down to play guitar that's joe satriani sound and that's cool and it also sounds very very 80s a lot of 80s sounds and i don't want to say synth because it's not synth but I don't know. Just the tone of everything is is very much that era, which is it's, fine. It's, it works for him. This is this is his second album. His first album he made, and then he had an EP before that. He he like went broke, and so he had to join a band called the Greg Kin Band. Mm-hmm. And I only know the Greg Kin Band because I've got a couple of their records throughout my journey here. And like, talk about boring, just fucking soft rock, just awful, awful stuff. But <laughs> 
<laughs> they were popular and they released a ton of fucking albums, but they let Joe Satriani kind of tag along to pay his bills. Like they didn't need him there in the band, they just, but they just liked him and he was really good. And they're like, yeah, you can join our band till you get back on your feet or whatever. But just yeah. like, like if you've ever listened to anything by the Greg Kinn band, like they're just fucking boring, boring stuff. And to think that Joe Satriani <laughs> sat in for these guys, like he's so much better than every single one that band put together times like 50. I see. I've never heard of the Great Kin Band. Oh God! It's you consider yourself lucky. They are not good. <laughs> so it sounds, boring. It does sound a little bit boring. Yeah. Oh man, but this is good. This is really good stuff. Satriani, yeah. always killing it. Now, is that all you got for the vinyl and and Joe? That's it, babe boy. Okay. So we'll go through mine. I don't have a lot either. Uh, my my backlog is very quickly diminishing. And uh, this is pretty much almost all stuff I got this week, except for one. So we're going to start with uh, RZA. I got RZA's first album, his first solo record. Uh, RZA as Bobby Digital in Stereo. It came out in November 1998. Uh, RZA is also, you know, a member of Wu-Tang Clan. The, you know, the guy who pretty much the dictator of Wu-Tang Clan. And got this from vmp i think what this is only the second time it's ever been pressed if i'm not mistaken yeah i think so and it's a really cool green variant like the artwork's awesome and vmp honestly i have my issues here and there with them but damn do they put out quality quality product mm. it's really good I'm, i mean it's just at the presentation the color everything is really good the sound of it is just fantastic so I got this one. Uh, I kind of took a chance because, I mean, I like Wu-Tang a lot. I never heard this record, but I just got it because I'm a member of that website. And I'm not dis- I'm definitely not disappointed. I think this is really great. I've listened to it three times already. Oh, dang. Uh, I was reading a little bit more about it. I guess this is a huge departure for him because he decided not to use really any sampling. He used just all keyboards and made it more like a, like a bigger orchestra st- sounding style record, but with all synths and keyboards and... I thought that was pretty cool and very different than what he was doing with Wu-Tang. But this is really good. And it's fucking, it's a long record. It's really long. But it's it's awesome. I think it's, I think it's really great. And you got yours too, but I'm sure you're going to talk about it next week, right? I mean, I can, I can just, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can just do right here. I can just do it's right up here. to you. It's up to you. Yeah. Because I, um, I, RZA is a producer and a rapper second. And this album yeah. is that. This album is, production-wise, is fantastic. It is top-notch. It is just as good as 36 Chambers. Rizzer carrying an album rapping, not so much. So he is now relying on a ton of other people to come in, like yeah. the Wu-Tang would do within themselves. But he has most of the guys from Wu-Tang and a couple other people come in. But uh, Rizzer rapping is just, he's not that great. He's not hes hes not bad, but he's not great. No, he's not the best flow, no. No way. And, and story-wise, this record's fucking dumb. Like this, the the story he invented for this this Bobby Digital of how this Bobby Digital is a, a womanizer and a scumbag and it's mm-hmm. it's lost because the record is so long, and that that story is lost. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's stupid. But like of course, like production wise, Riz is one of the greatest. He's amazing. Yeah, and story wise, I, I agree with you. It's very kind of shallow. It there's not a lot there considering I don't know. They, it just seems like Wu Tang just talked about so much and they did so much. But this was just very much face value. There's, I don't think it's that deep of a record lyrically, but yeah, production wise and 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 beats and just everything is really great on this one. 
that's what I got. I got RZA. That's I'm gonna start this this segment out. This next one, I uh, it's taking me a little while. What what are you what are you laughing about? <laughs> why did you what, 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 why did you say like directorial notes as you were transitioning to the next thing? I didn't. You said what, directorial you said, notes. You said like I'm gonna I'm gonna phase this segment out. No, I didn't. You just said that. I didn't say phase this segment. You said something about phase, segment. I said you said something about segment out. I said to start. I said starting. I don't even remember what I said, but I didn't say phase out the segment. <laughs> that sounds fucking stupid. That's why this I laughed. Fucking guy. This fucking guy. You said something stupid. When you when, when you when you when you edit this, you'll be like, oh yeah, that was stupid. I should apologize to Jeff, but then you won't. No, I'm never gonna apologize to you yeah, for I anything know. I say on this pod. I'm never. Yeah, I'm never gonna I apologize. No, I know. I know. I know you know. That's why I said it mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. just to make sure oh. you knew. But anyway, uh, this next one here I got from you. Um, I don't know where you got this from, but I've been kind of putting it off because it's it's three LPs. It's a triple album. It's a long fucking album. And that's George Harrison's third record, All Things Must Pass. I've never listened to this until this week, and it's really good. It's really good. I think you're going to dig it. It's, it's a lot more folk rock than the Beatles were, and this is more up your alley than the Beatles are, for sure. But there are still obviously some Beatles elements and... It, it's it's just really really it's just a really nice listen through. There's nothing that really stood out to me in particular, but I think I need to listen to it many more or multiple times to really, you know, pick things out. But you know, he had Phil Spector, you know, pr- co-produce this with him, and he has a, a wide array of of people on this or who he wrote with, like Bob Dylan, Eric Clapton wrote some songs with him on this. Ringo plays drums on some of the some of the songs. And uh, yeah, this is his third, like I said, third album, but the first to come out after the Beatles broke up. And uh, this is probably his most popular. This is his most popular record. So this is the first. This is the first post Beatles solo project. Yes, yes, he came oh. out with two before the Beatles ended. And I guess like I think one of them came out after he he quit the Beatles. He put a record out because he he was out of the Beatles for like a few months, and then he put out a record during that time, and then he put out another record just prior to them breaking up and then this one Damn. there you go god this guy it's is releasing really massive box sets because the, the Bangladesh concert was like the next year it was that yeah. was oh, that was that was great super Jeez. long but great but this is another super long one and then i was reading too that i guess he wrote another like three albums worth of material that have never been released or at least released officially and when phil specter went into to go like you know go through the songs with George he said that Phil had said that there were so many songs that he they wanted to put that he wanted to put like make official but there just wasn't room for it he said the songs were that good but there just wasn't enough room for all of it but everything Ooh. was whatever he said literally everything was a contender to make the record so that was a very difficult part was actually choosing which songs to put on the record because everything was so good I was so really I'm surprised a, uh... they haven't re- released it all at this point I was reading a, a, an interview Joe Satriani did about who he thinks is like the most underrated guitarist of all time. And he said that not only do I think this guy is the most underrated guitarist of all time, but just I think he's the most underrated musician and it was George Harrison. That's who Joe Satriani thinks. A lot Satriani of people say thinks. that. A lot of people say that. I, I mean, it makes sense as a musician. It's, you know, it's, it's, he did more than just play the guitar. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. So even just like coordinating a fucking concert. That's wild, isn't it? Like Damn. Madison Square Garden, too. <laughs> like the biggest of biggest venues. Like I'm going to call insane. my buddies, uh, you know, Ravi Shankar and Bob Dylan. See if they'll, see if they'll <laughs> stop by. 
oh. see if they'll hang out. Okay. Fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> so annoying. So annoying. But anyway, the George, this George Harrison record, it's uh, it's really good. And if you haven't heard it already, which most people have, I'm sure, go check it out. Jeff, check it out. I know you have a copy somewhere, so just go, just go listen. What have you got to lose? Now, this next thing here, I just picked up from White Rabbit. I just thought I always see it, or I see it sometimes, but then for a long time I didn't see it, and now I thought let's just get it to complete my Sublime collection, and that is Sublime, Sublime. Their their third record, their third and final record. It came out in July 1996. We've talked about this record extensively. I mean, I think everybody, at least regionally to us, has heard this record at some point, or at least yeah. the big hits. And globally, so I, I don't, at least two of these songs for sure. Yeah. So I don't have m- too much to say. I, everything is, you know, pretty pretty well known, and we've talked about it a lot. So moving on from that uh kind of keeping with the region as well the orange county region more specifically no doubt a bootleg actually popped up in the last couple weeks of their disneyland demos so these are demos from their first record and just stuff that was never released and uh i had this i had a bootleg cd back in the day when i was a kid so i just i've just always known about this and i always thought it was really cool and so somebody bootlegged it from Europe, and it's a really nice, clear, with black splatter variant. It's a very well-made bootleg, actually. And the songs, I mean, if you've, if you've, it, it's a demo. It's really what it is. So it's not like super high quality or anything like that. But it's, it's kind of cool to see, like, even prior to third wave ska, they were doing more of like an, like a two-tone kind of thing. Like it, it was, it was just a little bit different and. Gwen didn't sing nearly as much as you might think. I don't know if it was Eric who was singing or I think there was a singer before Eric, right? Before Gwen and Eric, if I'm not mistaken. Eric was a and founder. There was definitely a singer before Gwen. Yeah, I whoever I forgot his name. I'm pretty I forgot his name, but I'm pretty sure there was another guy. And uh and so there's a lot of male vocal on it too, but I don't know. Like I said, I don't know who it is. But it's cool and um it's a nice little thing to have and it's actually the first no doubt record I have on vinyl. And it's a fucking bootleg. It's stupid. And it's a bootleg. It's stupid. So um, I am looking for another one because I know Jeff wants it and he's never seen it out in his his in the wilds of Arizona. But it's been popping up all over here in Southern California. So next time it pops up, I'll probably go get it for you because you said you want it. I wonder so. if it's just some like local person pressing their own and distributing it to the local record stores in SoCal. It seems like that. But then, I mean, at least according to Discogs, it's a it's a it says it's a European pressing. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe or maybe it's like a, a local company or person paying an overseas or like a European pressing plant to press it. Might be that. Yeah, anyway, it's uh it's cool, man. It's really cool. Disneyland demos, check it out. If you can find a copy, get into it. And I want one. There you go. I'll get it for you. I'm sure White Rabbit will get it. They said that they'd let me know. I left them my number and everything and they said that they would let me know. So they're really cool there. White Rabbit, the, the guys who work there are really, really awesome. And this uh, this last thing I got was when I actually went to go get this Disneyland demos from Radiation Records, which is primarily an obscure punk and metal record store. That's really all they have. But they, for whatever reason, have this Disneyland demos. But then they also have like, usually when I go there every like once a month, once every two months, they have like four or five boxes just sitting on the ground in an already like very crowded store. 
and it's just like classic rock jazz just stuff you know stuff that doesn't fit their their theme for the record store so i always go through and i usually find some good stuff and i found some really cool stuff this week and one of them was uh an iron maiden record their fourth record peace of mind this one came out in may of 1983 and uh, i picked this one up it was pretty thrashed the jacket was actually very thrashed and i took the the lp out and it a lot of scratches scuffs and everything like that and and so i went up and asked him like how much is this and he said three bucks everything in that box is three dollars unless it says (laughs) otherwise i'm like i'll take it you know i took a gamble like even if it's three bucks it's three bucks it's three dollars so got that and on top of like five other records a couple of them for you and uh and yes i came home i turned i put this on i go i cleaned it beforehand uh give it a good cleaning and then i threw it on and outside of some surface noise which it really isn't that distracting it's per it plays perfect insane (laughs) insane it's fucking nuts dude it it has no no skipping, no looping, no like big pops at all. Just some, like I said, just some surface noise, which really isn't that distracting considering it's such a loud record. I mean, what a, what a fucking deal! What a fucking deal! Yeah, the jacket's thrashed, but who cares? And you know, three bucks. And I looked it up. You know, I looked it up on Discogs. Average going is like thirty to thirty-five bucks for this one. Dude, Iron Maiden stuff is so expensive. It's yeah, it's never cheap. New or used, it's never cheap. So, yeah, this is my first Maiden because of that. I'm not a big Maiden fan, but I've always, I, always, I always enjoy it. And three bucks, you just cannot beat it. I would, it's yeah, so I'd good. pick up Dan or any kind of big name like that for $3. <laughs> it's so good. So, $3. I know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind of basic and play one of their bigger hits, but this song is just too good not to play. So here's the Trooper from the Iron Maidens. <laughs> There you have it with my famous fade, mm. the trooper from Iron Maiden, a banger of a song, a banger of a record, really. And I'm, I'm very happy with this purchase. So there you go. Radiate, shout out to Radiation Records. 
the guy who who works there, one of the guys that works there, he was saying he has a bunch more records at home. Usually, all these ones just go to a swap meet every month or two, and he said, "I'll bring a couple in like in a week or two, so just come by and you know you can sift through those." Like, oh hell yeah, thanks. I got some thanks, bro. Yeah, I got some bangers, and the way I think about it, he's gonna bring in a bunch of stuff that nobody else is gonna go through, probably except for me. So, might find some some real good stuff. That's it's go. it's just weird that he wouldn't. I don't know that, that he it's it's stuff they don't want to sell. Yeah, I don't know. They don't they don't care about selling. Yeah, it's because it doesn't fit their theme. Like they had in in this in like I said, like they had. I went through five boxes. Oh no, six boxes. I went through six boxes. They even had a, a copy of Pet Sounds for fifty dollars in there. And I said, "Oh, you you know you have this." Like I was just talking to him, like, "Oh yeah, I saw there was a fifty dollars Pet Sounds in there." He's like, "Yeah, we have no place to put it in here, so I'm just gonna take it to the swap meet and sell it." Damn, like, they just don't bucks. give a shit. Well, no, he had it listed for fifty. So I mean, he's gonna try to sell it for fifty, I would assume. But it's just like, yeah, they just unless it's punk or metal, they just do not give a shit at all. Wow. Okay, it's it's weird. It's very, a weird story very, and very bizarre. And I rare, I, I like I said, I only go there if I want like a punk record because that's really the only stuff there that I'm interested in. Is that where you Even, found the Johnny Smith too? Yeah, I found both Johnny Smiths there in, in those bins. Fucking weird. Yeah. And then I, I looked them up on Discogs. And I mean, I got a, one for $4, the other one for 2 which is even cheap for Johnny Smith. And I looked them up on Discogs, and they go for 12 to 15 on there. So <sighs> they're selling them way le- for way less than what they're going for on Discogs. Probably because they know no one's going to buy it. Yeah, except, except for idiots like me. Yeah. Well, I'm happy because now I, I've been looking for Johnny Smith, too, and I've not. Since you've like you've started mentioning it, I have not seen it. I, right? It's hard to come by. I rarely come by it. I really, I rarely come across any of his records. But I will say the two that I got for you, one of them is a cover record, which is still really good. But they're all covers of like pop, more popular music. And then the other one is literally just him playing guitar, oh. which is still really good. But it's a little weird because there's no other band member. It's just him kind of playing. Which is cool. Well, if he's so good great. at it, he can carry it. Chet Atkins, I mean, a lot of his records I have, they're just Chet playing guitar. If he can yeah, carry no, he, it, then it's good. No, he can. He definitely can. But just to kind of forewarn you, the, the one of them, yeah, it's just him playing guitar. Nothing else. Good. I don't need distractions. There you go. So they're all yours. Now, that's all I got. Now. That's all I got for the vinyls. So, uh, phasing out this segment, right, Jeff? Yeah, that's what going we're, that's into what the we're next into the next segment. All right, now we're done with the uh, the vinyl stuff, songs of the week. So let's wrap it up with some uh, other happenings in the music world. Nothing new has really been released, song wise, album wise. So nothing to get into there, but uh, some interesting things, I guess. Eric Clapton. Let's start with Eric Clapton. He is suing the widow of somebody who sold a bootleg CD on eBay like 15 years ago. I think it was 15 years ago, right? A long time ago. Yeah. And he, and yeah. he won. He won the lawsuit. He won the lawsuit, and now she faces a penalty of up to like $250,000. $4,000 she has to pay. Oh, she has to pay 4000 Yeah, Fuck she God. now has to pay Eric Clapton $4,000. What a douchebag. And it was like some like boot... It wasn't even like a... um like an actual album recording. It was a, a bootleg live recording. Yeah, it was live USA <laughs> album, and, and it was her husband, her late husband's. Yeah. And she just threw it on there, and it sold for $11. Yeah. 
fucking I, joke, man. It's it's unbelievable. It's this should have been thrown out immediately by the judge. I I, I would imagine that at some point this is going to get appealed and then probably tossed out because this is so pathetic. This is so egregious. It is. It's so bad. But God, Clapton is such a douchebag. <laughs> but I do wonder how much of it is Clapton's actual doing or if it's like his his people, his managers or, or what is corporation. I don't think it really has to do with him. I don't even think he under, he probably doesn't even understand what happened. I mean, regardless, he does now. He has access to the internet just like everybody else. And you know somebody in his friends list is texting like, hey, Eric, um, you should check the news because people think you're a douchebag again. <laughs> and it's not like the first time he's been a douchebag. And yeah. all of his like COVID comments too, people can't stand him for the vaccine comments. And he is just a, uh, he's just kind of a dick. So yeah. Fuck him. He is pretty unlikable. Now, uh, moving on to something a little bit more positive. Uh, Dave Grohl. Who doesn't like Dave Grohl? Honestly, mm. who doesn't? Uh, you want to take the lead on this one? Because I know the gist of it, but you know more of it than I do. So, like, the way I read it, Dave Grohl's or Foo Fighters are playing a set, and the crowd is starting to shout, Ole, the Ole, Ole, Ole song. Yeah, that 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 we that we over here in the, in the Americas do for like the bouncing souls or anything soccer related, but the way I guess I read it in this, um, I forgot what country it was now. It was like Argentina. Spain. Argentina. It was Argentina. Way yeah. off. The way <laughs> that off. they did it over in Argentina <laughs> is a uh, it's a sign of it's a sign of respect for the person you're seeing. If you start singing that, it means it's like an endearing thing. Like I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for coming. And so yeah. Dave Grohl wasn't like mad about it, but he kind of. He said, like, oh, if you ever make a band or whatever, then I'll come see you. In some capacity, he said that. So some guy took it upon himself to call him out, created a band, and then made a documentary on the band for the sole purpose of just creating a band to send to Dave Grohl so Dave Grohl will then come see his band because that's what he promised. <laughs> and obviously, that is dedication, man. I mean, like, if, if we were in Vegas, you'd be getting... Odds are Dave Grohl's going to go to the show. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You no know Dave Grohl's going to go to the fucking show. And not only is he going to go to the show, but you know he'll be on stage with them, and then you know he'll play half the set with them because he's Dave Grohl, and uh, time and money does. just mean nothing to this man, apparently. <laughs> I just thought it was really cool that that he said, yeah, if you ever do this, then I'll, I'll come see you. And then some guy was like, okay. And then created a band out of nothing <laughs> and, then, and then made and a then documentary. And then he sent... He sent the documentary to Dave Grohl, and I guess Dave Grohl hasn't yet responded whether or not he caught it, but some are saying he did. Yeah, now we're so. just waiting to see what's going to happen next, and it's just, we're God, like the nicest, like just the complete, he's the bizarro Clapton. Dave Grohl's like the bizarro Clapton. Like yeah. Anything anything you send to Dave Grohl, he'll listen to and like give you honest feedback, and Clapton's just a total dick. Yeah, it seems like it. it really seems like it. Boy. So. Hope Dave Grohl actually does it though. We're we're all on our on the edge of our seats right now, uh, waiting to see what happens. We we know he's gonna go. Like there's we're go. two to one odds here. Like you, you you're getting even money at this point. Like we know he's going. I mean, he'll probably take the Foo Fighters down there and play a show. But then while he's down there, he'll probably go see them. Damn! Imagine the Foo Fighters opened up for this band. Ooh, opened up for them. Oh man, <laughs> That'd be that, sick man. That would be the biggest like Dave Grohl flex on on anything that Dave Grohl's ever done. What I think would happen was that the Foo Fighters would play down there and then this band would open up for them. That's that what I think is going to happen. That would make more sense, but I would love but to see the Foo Fighters open up for them. 
like at a club show too, not not a fucking stadium, but a, a club show. That'd be sick. That would. That, uh, but it seems like it would be way too dangerous. Like way too dangerous to do. But who knows? What What do we know? What do we know? Uh, well, I don't know anything. Okay, so the this next thing here, Bruce Springsteen. He uh, much like a lot of artists out there, he has sold out and sold all of his rights to his music for $500 million. So he's definitely not the first one to do it. Definitely not going to be the last. And big artists like Gwen Stefani have done it. Beyonce have done it. Tom DeLonge has done it. A lot of people have, have just sold all the rights. And um, it's a good, quick, easy way to make money. And it's uh, it's it's weird because I think Tom sold all of his for like, I think $100 million or something like that. Like He sold it for, a, or maybe $200 million. And Bruce Springsteen's only selling his for five hundred million. Like the difference between Tommy, I mean, as much as we love Tom, the difference between Tom and Bruce Springsteen is pretty big, you know, popularity-wise. If Tom sold it for a hundred million, then yeah, I would think that's that's a lot of money for Tom. Because I mean, half a billion dollars is a lot of fucking money. Yeah, and I under, I understand why he's doing it. I get it because with live music now being up in the air. And Bruce Springsteen's fan base kind of being split down the middle of of whether or not I want to wear a mask if I want to go to a show or if I don't want to wear a mask. So this makes sense for him. And like tax wise, the the capital gains he'll pay on on this money anyway is not as much because he's still getting a ton of money up front. And so now he can reinvest that into something else because he still owns his likeness. He can still Mm -hmm. do commercials. He can still do whatever he wants. He's just mm-hmm. not getting royalties anymore, which is, who cares? Yeah. Pennies yeah. now. Who gives a shit? He's just made $500 million. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's the boss. I think Bob Dylan also, didn't he, a couple of years ago, he did the same thing. From, yeah. A, a, lot of, a lot of big name musicians have done it. It's just no one has done it anywhere close to what Bruce Springsteen did it for. Yeah. And but I, I think I, I can understand it more with older older musicians and artists as well because I feel like getting this much money at once, you can just give this to your family after you Exactly. Die. I think that's a lot of that's what it is. He's essentially securing like a legacy for his family so his children's grandchildren don't have to work. Yeah. And that's a very nice thing to do is is because he is getting old and these artists will die pretty soon within the next 5 to 15 years probably. Yeah. And so getting this kind of lump sum amount rather than play it out over the course of the next 30 years, he's now securing a legacy, a financial legacy for his children's grandchildren, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. I, t- I totally get it. I don't knock him for it at all. Yeah. I don't think I mean, what the fuck out. does he care? After, after yeah. he's dead, what is he going to care about this money? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has so much money. He's not going to be able to spend it. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And he already has so much money that on top of that. You know, this is just an additional 500 on top of however many millions he's he's worth. This is this is just a bonus. Like like we don't know what type of what type of like real estate he has invested in or any any other type of investments that he have, because, you know, he does. You know, he has a financial planner that will take his millions and invest it and then quadruple the money in five to ten years. So Mm -hmm. the guy's worth probably close to a billion dollars now. (laughs) insane i don't know for, for for writing like mediocre rock music yeah it's crazy very vanilla music it's crazy when it comes down to it all right so this last thing we have here before we wrap it up uh vagrant records pretty popular indie record label 
they're putting on a couple concerts in May and June of 2022. And this is kind of like a, um, it's a pretty big thing for, for people who are into this kind of music. Uh, the first show is in Irvine at the Five Point Amphitheater. It's uh, going to be headlined by Dashboard Confessional. Ooh. You love the you love them. Uh, Alkaline Trio is also playing Thrice, The Get Up Kids, The Anniversary, and Hot Rod Circuit. So that's the big one here in Irvine. The second one is in on June 11th in what is this? Uh, was Massachusetts right? Worcester. Uh, I, th- I think it's somewhere right? closer to the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's an East Coast date, and it's Dashboard, Thrice, Get Up Kids, Anniversary. Pretty much all the same bands except for Monine is going to be playing this show. And uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not going to go, but... Um, you have no interest? I mean, no, not really. Oh, I mean, nah. okay. All right. Because, I, I mean, I know you would want to go see Dashboard and Get Up Kids. Those are the oh two big bands that you'd want to see. so bad. Dashboard, I don't really have much of a... I don't really care. Get Up Kids would be cool, but I know I could see them at, at like someplace like The Glass House. Uh, Alkaline Trio and Thrice, obviously, I've seen Thrice fucking like 15 times, so I don't need to see them at this venue with at a festival. Alkaline Trio would be cool, but not enough there for me to want to go to a festival to see them. I know when you I know I could see them at like House of Blues. You love their ballads, though. You want to see Alkaline Trio ballads. But I know I can go see them at like House of Blues or the Wiltern or the Palladium or something like that at mm. a much smaller indoor venue. So that's my, that's my kind of my view on this festival. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to go to this. Mm, Don't know how mm, much it is either. Mm. I'm sure it'll but be anyway. like $50, $60 range. Yeah, probably. probably. And I, don't, I just don't like outdoor venues that much. I just would rather not rather not do that. I'd rather spend a little bit more, need, more money to see these bands individually at a smaller venue. That's what I got on that. All right. All so right. Wait, but are, were you really interested in seeing this one? Or? Yeah, the Dashboard Vagrant years are like the best years. But that doesn't mean that they're only going to play the Vagrant stuff. You know they're going to play mostly the Vagrant stuff. They're going to play a lot of it, but not. Come on. This, this crowd, this Vagrant crowd coming to see the Vagrant anniversary, these are the these are these are these are my people's. This is what they want to hear. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Uh, I, it's just not for me. Aww. You know Dashboard's going to play like the same set whether they play this or or you know, an individual show. Aww. I really don't think they're going to play all Vagrant stuff. I don't care what you say. It's not going to happen. Okay. But, okay, that, that's all I got. You got anything else on this one? Let's see. That's all. Okay, well, thank you all for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinite Radio. And keep listening listening to the pod. Tell all your friends and family. And thank you so much. And that's it. That's all. Prescribe. <laughs>